What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's dive right into the conversation. Dan Quinn is going on his third year as defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. And man, he has left that bar pretty high since he arrived. Just a quick recap here of what we've seen from Dan Quinn. 2020, he turned around one of uh, 2022-2021. He turned around one of the worst defenses that we had seen in recent Cowboys history. Heck, maybe even in the entirety of Cowboys history because that Mike Nolan unit was not fun for the Cowboys. You had players complaining about the complex being too about the scheme, excuse me, being too complex being too complicated to learn. And then one year later, you have players just having fun and loving what they were asked to do on defense. And the Cowboys were not only a a nice unit, they went ahead and they were one of the most efficient ones. They took the ball away in 2021, led the NFL in turnovers, uh, in takeaways. Big part Thanks to in big part thanks to uh, Trevon Dix racking up 11 interceptions, but still a lot of production from other players. 2022, they double down. They become more efficient in many areas. They become a better run defense, even though it could still be improved. And that's why the Cowboys picked Massey Smith in the first round of this year's NFL draft. But not only that, they once again led the NFL in takeaways. First time since the 70s Pittsburgh Steelers that were called the Steel Curtain defense and all of that. Uh, First time that that happened since then. So my question for me to you to open up the chat and to say hi to everyone. And before we get into the why Dan Quinn will be even more dangerous in 2023. My question for me to you is, will the 2023 Cowboys defense be better same or worse than the 2022 defense for the Cowboys? Let me know in the chat. What do you think about that? Will it be a better unit, a worse unit, or will it be the same? Let me know in the chat what you think about that. In the meantime, I will say hi to all of you. Double R, thank you for being here. Toxic Tom. We've got uh, Gregory as well. Charlene Evans. We've got Catherine at Facebook. Lance. Uh, by the way, I do got to apologize. Last night, I was not able to put together the show. Uh, there was an, a, a, an emergency that came up. It was very late notice, like at 7 p.m. Central Time. It came up. I was simply not not uh, not available, not a lot of things, right? But don't worry. Everything's fine. We're here to talk some Cowboys football. I did want to say sorry, though for bailing on you uh, last night out of nowhere without any previous announcement. So sorry about that. Uh, 
Very happy to be here now with you guys and happy to talk some Cowboys football. So let's see what you guys have to say. And I see a very optimistic chat tonight here because let's see. Let's let's run through some of your answers here. John says, I say better. Six says better as well. Uh, Mark Aaron there with the much needed comment saying, Mike Nolan, terrible coach. Uh, better for sure for Katharina. Gloria, Charlene, Gregory, Lance, Double R, Sugar Daddy, Williams, all are going with better. Danny Savage does raise a concern with his better response. He says, two inside linebackers with surgically repaired necks scare me. And yeah, linebacker is, uh, you know, is a tough one. <laughs> Better for Bruce. Toxic with a very fair question. He says, define better. What does that mean? Well, we could go by a whole lot of, of criteria. I think the most fair one would be, which one would you rather have? The 2023 Cowboys defense. And of course, you would be making that pick blindly because we have not seen the season play out. Or would you rather have the 2022 defense? Do you think there will be an improvement, in other words, on defense from one year to another? Because we could go by takeaways, and I wouldn't. I would just go like, you know, which unit would I rather have? I'm going with better. Now, I kind of struggle with going with better because I am a man of statistics. By the way, it is Wednesday, so it means that I came back just in time for the Freeman Mazda stat of the week, and we'll get into it later on the show. But I consider myself a man of statistics, and as such, I struggle to tell, to, I struggle to say, oh, I'm expecting an even better year for a Cowboys defense that ranked top five, top three in just about any category that you think of that you can tell me right now. So I struggle to do that. I struggle to do that. And yet, there are so many reasons to think so, and I'm going to get into them tonight. I'm going to get into mainly three or four reasons why. And that, and I'm going to start with saying that this Cowboys unit right now has a lot of continuity. Your starting group of safeties is going to be the same. Two of your three starting cornerbacks are going to be the same if we consider, you know, De'Ron Bland, essentially, the starter. Because he was not in week one last year. He is projected to start. Uh, he did get a lot of playing time last year. So to me, that's a second-year guy that really counts a lot. More on second-year guys later on the show, by the way. Sam Williams is going to take a step up in 2023. Uh, Micah Parsons is obviously going into year three. And we already see Micah as the superstar. We think that he cannot push that ceiling higher even a little bit, but he will. He likely will. He's added weight to deal with the nagging injury stuff that maybe limited him at times last season. If there were some, if, if there was something that held back Micah, it had to be that. Uh, maybe not noticeable for a lot of us when watching the games on Sunday, but hopefully that goes a long way. You know, not seeing a Micah that's banged up at times during the season, or if he does, better equipped to handle those injuries. I think that matters a lot, the fact that there is continuity. I've said this before on the show. I've quoted Vance Joseph before on the show, and I will do it again because I love that quote. 
and it's not an exact quote, I'm going to paraphrase here, but there was an article by Robert Mays from The Athletic that looked into some of the improvements that the Cardinals had when they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. And Vance Joseph talked about defensive rules. Every rule has its, its, every defense, excuse me, I'm messing up words today. That's the thing for tonight's show. Uh, (laughs) Every defense has its rules. And offenses are trying to break those rules. That's how football works. How can I put a cornerback in conflict where he thinks I need to do this, but if this or that happens, I should be doing this. So when they put me in an uncomfortable position where I cannot choose the right answer, that's when offenses thrive. And I say this because Vance Joseph said, year one is about players understanding the rules. Year two is about players communicating those rules and understanding them on a deeper level. And then when you get to year three, and this is going to be Dan Quinn's third year with the Cowboys, hopefully players not only understand the rules, but are able to break the rules to their advantage. Without the need of a coach, on the field, in real time, they are able to break the rules when needed. When maybe an opposing offense gives them a look that they didn't plan for. And may, is something that maybe the, off, the opposing offense is unleashing for the first time in the regular season in November. But now, maybe Jaron Kears and Donovan Wilson, and I'm just bringing up two random names there, Uh, They understand what the concept and what the spacing of the defensive principles are. And maybe they can switch off assignments without having to ask coach, without even having to like, you know, have a full conversation or ask a timeout for it. Just like react, manipulate the rules, as Sugar Daddy Williams say, to the player's advantage. Because coaches can do it during the week and can game plan for certain opponents. But when the players on the field can do that, Man, that is dangerous. That's one of the reasons why I believe Dan Quinn's defense will be even more dangerous in 2023. But there's a whole lot more that I want to get into tonight. And I'm going to do so through the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. So let's get into it right away. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Freeman Mazda right of the week for all of you. That's the wrong. That's the wrong audio. All right. I'm going to try it again. I'm not going to fail this time. I trust myself not to fail this time. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. The Freeman Mazda ride of the week stat. <laughs> oh, man, what's happening on Wednesday? I'm, I'm, I will apologize to Jake, who needs to <laughs> do me a favor and, and clip out this section of the video of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here I go. This time I'm going to make it work, I promise. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. There you go. Let's talk about Dan Quinn and who Dan Quinn is known as. He is known as a cover one coach, as a cover three coach. He was made famous by the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom defense with Richard Sherman and Gus Bradley as a coach, etc. And when he went to the Atlanta Falcons, he did more of the same. When he came to the Cowboys, he changed it up a little bit because he used way much more 
man coverage. And that was something that was on Dan Quinn's defense, but he was very aggressive with it with the Cowboys in his first year in Dallas, which is maybe a big reason why Trevon Diggs got burnt a lot of the time. You know, man coverage, no safety help. It was also a very aggressive style of defense. But lately, throughout the entire NFL, we've seen a shift from defenses around the league, and they're using way much more quarters coverage. Now, if you are not into X's and O's, don't worry. I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds here. But it's very different from what Dan Quinn used to do. But he has shown the Cowboys and he has shown the NFL that not only he not only can he adapt, but he can do it in such an aggressive fashion. And I will show you exactly what I mean with the stat of the week. Since 2015, all the way into 2020, which were Quinn's years with the Atlanta Falcons, he used quarters coverage at an average of 4.2%. By the way, this, is, this data is from a tweet put together by Coach Cody Alexander, the author of many books on defense and the author of the Match Quarters Substack, which I recommend very strongly if you're into X's and O's. But Dan Quinn used this coverage 4.2% of the time. Every year, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 19, uh, 20. Every year, he was below league average in quarters coverage. And it's important to know because that's, you know, uh, cover one, cover three, you will have one safety up high and you will not really be taking away the deep stuff for the opposing offense. With quarters coverage, you're talking about varieties of cover two, which are two deep zone defenders, cover four, which are going to be four zone defenders. Lately, and from 2019 to this day, most NFL teams are using quarters coverage at least 10% of the time. And I have more numbers for you on that front. But <clears throat> Dan Quinn went from that to last year becoming a quarters coach. Last year, the Cowboys used quarters coverage 22% of the time. This means that no longer was Dan Queen just a cover one guy, a cover three guy. He used quarters in 22% of the, of the plays, which is fourth highest in the entire NFL. And you might think, Bo, what? I don't care about any of this. I just want to talk about how Micah is an alien. And I want to talk about how Trayvon Diggs improved last year and the safeties improved. Well, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. I think that the Cowboys are really adjusting to what the NFL is seeing right now. Because again, this is a league-wide trend. But the Cowboys are going at the forefront of it. At least in 2022 they were. Because they were fourth highest in the NFL in quarters usage. And essentially what they're doing with that is shifting their mentality into, oh, you want to throw the football deep against us? Go ahead and do so, but you got to be patient. You got to attack us underneath. You got to run the football. And that's why the Cowboys used, I mean, they, they really didn't use a lot of light boxes in 2022, but when they did, they were pretty successful. I think quarters coverage has to do with that. They rotated their safeties more. 
we saw a version of Dan Quinn that we had not seen before. And that evolution to me is very encouraging to see because it might even be another evolution from here on to 2023. And the Cowboys are going to be better against the run too because they're going to be able to do this wrong quarters coverage, which in turn means light box versus the run. But now you have Massey Smith. So it kind of goes hand in hand, all of what they're doing. Excited about the way that the Cowboys have allowed Dan Queen to build this defense and how he's been able to adapt every single year. And now Gilmore, as Lance Bell says, is going to be a special piece and he's going to matter for this. One more thing before I close out the stat of the week, though. To give you an idea, before in 2015, no, what was it? It was 2018, excuse me. Four teams used quarters coverage 10% or more of the time. Four teams. That was in 2018. Fast forward to 2019, 16 teams used quarter coverage. And since then, it's been 16, 16. Last year, 23 teams in the NFL used quarters coverage at least 10% of the time. So that is a Freeman Mazda stat of the week. My question from me to you, though, is... Truth or false, Dan Quinn is coaching his last year with the Cowboys. Let me know in the chat. And in the meantime, I will talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Because as always, this family-owned business brought us the start of the week. Make sure that you check out their wide range of new and used vehicles at their dealership in Irving, Texas, or at their website at freemanmazda.net where you can check out features of every car, pictures of it outside and inside of the vehicle. You can go in there and check out all that you need to know about Freeman Mazda as well as information on the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week, which in this case is a 2024, 2024 Mazda CX-90 plug-in, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle premium plus this one starts at $58,920 it's got all-wheel drive it's got a Wi-Fi hotspot third row seating a sunroof and yes rear air conditioning which is nicer here in the summer days for sure so make sure that you check out premiummazda.net and let me know in the chat truth or false is Dan Queen gone after 2023 Let's see what you guys have to say. Falls for Gregory. Danny Savage says, oh, he will be head coach in 2024. Probably true, says Tom and I won five. Mark Aaron says, false, maybe just not as defensive coordinator. Probably true for Tommy. Charlie goes with false. Lance says, I hope false. Toxic says, sadly, I think this is true. He will continue to be a, a hot head coach candidate. And I don't see Dallas moving on from Mike anytime soon. Ines goes with false. Gilbert goes with true. Twans and Bruce and Sugar Daddy Williams though go with false. At this point, I struggle as well. You know, a third consecutive season with the Cowboys as defensive coordinator sounds like he's comfortable where he's at. But I also do not think Quinn is not into another shot at head coaching because we've seen that with some coaches we've seen some coaches that tried their luck at being a head coach 
and maybe it doesn't end up well for them. And maybe they're already pointing their lives in which they say, you know what? I'm good being a coordinator. I don't want the pressure. I want to coach football. And, and Quinn has been in this situation specifically where he has talked about how much he enjoys talking to players, teaching the players. And a lot of that, the head coach doesn't get to do a lot of the times, or at least not in the same capacity. When you got to worry about so much more stuff, including media stuff, like I'm not even talking about football stuff. I'm talking about showing up to every press conference, for example. There's no way you do it at the same level. It just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Or at least not from an enjoyment perspective, right? However, based on interviews that there have been, and I remember this great article by Yuri Epstein over at USA Today, she had one where, where she kind of talked to Dan Quinn about preparing for a job interview. And it sounded like Quinn still wants to do it. He still wants to go out there and be the head coach of an NFL team. Not to mention, things didn't end well when he was at Atlanta, but he also didn't have a great team. And he did get the Falcons to a Super Bowl. Yeah, you can tell me that, you know, that it was also Kyle Shanahan being Kyle Shanahan as, as an offensive coordinator doing great things. But I... Uh, you got to give Dan Quinn some credit there. I don't think you can take it away from him. I think it's going to be a, a one of those things in which I I want to say true. I want to say that it will be his last year with the Cowboys because I agree that he will be a hot candidate again next offseason. But I also think we're at the point in which he can wait for a good opportunity. That being said, what if the Cowboys have not really figured out things with Trayvon Diggs, for example, and maybe they're worried about Mike or something like that? Like, is Dan Quinn going to be comfortable rolling the dice once again? Because if the Cowboys' defense sucks in 2024, because maybe a lot of the players go on to free agency and maybe the band gets a little bit disbanded there, I mean, he's rolling the, the, the dice every time that he sticks around. Because the first year that things don't work out for his unit, he's not going to be as hot as a candidate as he is right now. Like, Queen, is, Queen has a fire stock right now. He's at the height of the stock. And he's not selling. He's holding, he's holding, he's holding. Will the price of his stock drop or not? That's rolling the dice. That's undertaking significant risk, right? As, as a coach looking at his value. I don't know who would replace him. Honestly, I thought that it would be George Edwards at one point. That's obviously not going to be the case as George Edwards isn't even on the staff anymore. Uh, so it would be difficult to to assume that the Cowboys have a clear-cut in-house replacement. I'm not sure that they do. I thought that they did with George Edwards. Now I'm guessing like if things go south and Dan Quinn ends up elsewhere, do the Cowboys start anew with another defensive coordinator? Probably so. Probably so.
Let's see what you guys have to say here. I see a lot of interesting comments that I want to get to. I I, I want to see this. Uh, Dan Quinn is the most successful Falcons head coach ever. If the right job presented itself, I think that he takes it. Says Toxic Tom. Oh, man, this is a very, bro, Danny, this is an article idea for me. I will steal it. Did Belichick ever leave Lawrence Taylor? Oh, man, I would have to double check on that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, so let's, I'm guessing so. There's no way Bill Belichick stayed there that long because he went, he, he had a lot of, of faces in his career. But Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants from 1985. No, he was there from 79. All right, I'm going to go 80 because that's when he became a linebacker's coach. And then in 85, he was promoted to defensive coordinator from 1980. To 1990, he was with the Giants. 79, including when he was on special teams. Lawrence Taylor. And of course, we wouldn't have to know like the context of things. But Lawrence Taylor played for the Giants until 1993. So yeah, he was there for three years longer than, than, than Bill Belichick was. That being said, though, like Bill Belichick was about to be a head coach for the first time in his career from the Cleveland Browns. So not to, not totally a fair fair comparison, but I love that I love that a question. I love that a question because we compare Micah to LT a lot. And there is somewhat of a comparison there to make between, you know, wanting to leave him or not. Uh, obviously, just for fun. Just for fun. It, it's a fun comparison. I like that question a lot. Let's see here. Ines says, I think he's not going anywhere because they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Let's go, Cowboys, DC for life. But now I would also argue if you do make it to the Super Bowl this season, does that help make you want to stay? Or the, or, or does that also get Dan Quinn into a into a headspace in which he says, all right, this was it. This was the year where we're going to make it happen. Give me the bag <laughs> and pay me to be a head coach elsewhere. That's also a, an interesting scenario to look at. <clears throat> I think if McCarthy don't take us to the Super Bowl this year, says Catherine, he might be our head coach. And this has been an ongoing theory for, for a, a while now. I don't think it's only about making it to the Super Bowl, though. Well, like, say that the season is a failure one way or another. And say that the offense sucks. Right? Dan Quinn could, could, could be a candidate for the Cowboys if we're keeping it real here. Like, Jerry Jones has literally brought that up. Unprompted. <laughs> Micah ain't no Lawrence Taylor, though. This is Toxic Tom. Man, wait, wait. We've been through this. We've been through this. We've had that conversation. I think at some point, like, they were kind of fair in several ways. I do agree that Lawrence Taylor is still obviously above Micah in NFL history. And with Lawrence Taylor is one of those things in which you also talk about players ahead of their time, right? Like Jim Brown with the Cleveland Browns. He might not be 
the actual best running back, but he was ahead of his time. Lawrence Taylor was ahead of his time. And by that, I mean offensive tackles were literally not built to deal with Lawrence Taylor in the first place. So there's a lot of context there. And that's why I love NFL history. It's very, it's very muddy. It's very blurry. Even the West Coast offense, like, sure, it was great. But there is a fair argument that it took defenses by surprise. But that's good. That's not taking away from the West Coast offense or anything like that. And what Joe Montana did and all of that, not taking away from that. But it's context is always fun. It's always fun. I'm not sure if Micah will change the way that the NFL is played. But he is one of the most special hybrid players that we've seen in recent memory. I'll say that. I'll say that. But yeah, Lawrence Taylor has that uniqueness that he changed the game in several ways. Several, several ways. He changed the offensive tackle position. He changed the rushing linebacker position because it was already being done. Not as frequently as with Lawrence Taylor, though, if you look at NFL history. But anyways, I'm going to close the parenthesis right there. And I'm going to say a couple of more things about Dan Quinn's defense being more dangerous in 2023. His collection of hybrid players is growing and getting better. So I think that his defensive packages are going to be more varied. Again, kind of like building on those defensive rules and that those lineups that he has built over the last few years. But I'm also interested in talking about Dan Quinn's guys. Again, this is the third year for Dan Quinn. When he first got here, when he first got to Dallas, maybe he was playing with a lot of players that were not his guys. They were not the guys that he wanted on his unit. That has changed. That has changed. Like Micah obviously came along with him, so maybe that counts. But still, Micah's third year in the NFL. But also look at Dayron Bland. That was a, a Dan Queen pick. It's going to be his second year in the league. Sam Williams, just the same. He was probably a very Dan Quinn-esque pick. Second year in the NFL, how is he going to look like? And you could add other players at this list. Some of them that have not worked out, like, for example, Nashawn Wright. But many of them have worked out. And I think we're in a key year in which guys that are not first-year players in Dallas have been playing with Queen for two seasons now, right? Or at least one season, if we're talking about guys that are going into their second year. Even Stephon Gilmore, like even getting Stephon Gilmore felt like a welcome back gift for Dan Queen. I think the level of authority that he has right now is way different than it was maybe two years ago. That's why I look at like I look at all of those facts and I say, oh man, this defense can be even scarier this year. <laughs> they got up, they had to mention Joe Theismann. You guys had to bring that up, man. As LH says, I'm so happy that Dan has stayed to sharpen the iron. Danny Savage says, I don't like 3-4, but we're slowly inching toward that in my eyes. Micah, Sam, OLB. Uh, outside linebacker, Mike and Sam as outside linebackers, Leighton Van Der Esch and Clark as middle linebackers or inside linebackers, I would say. Because if you use Mike, 
like even if you have two inside guys, one of them is going to be the mic. One of them is going to be something else. And zero tech, Massey, Haskins. Then we got a load five techs. Here's the thing. I, I, I don't think that the Cowboys are really inching towards a through three, four type defense. I just think that's kind of disappearing. You do have a four-man front or you do have a three-man front. But whether you want to call it 3-4 or 4-3, like Micah and Sam Williams or Demarcus Lawrence being your outside guys, like that's a four-man front. And they're edge rushers. Whether they have one hand in the dirt, two hands in the dirt, or no hands in the dirt, right? So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I don't think it's... Uh, a bad thing. What I believe we should like, though, is the multiplicity that there is in Dan Quinn's defense. Because you can, you can have Micah, D-Law, and Williams on the field with a four-man front, but three edge rusher types, even if one of them is inside, right? It's an interesting conversation and one that we could really get into. But I think that Quinn is able to do so much stuff with the athleticism of his players, that I'm not really worried about how they line up. And I do think 4-3 and 3-4 is kind of as blurry as it's ever been across the entire NFL. You basically have two edge rushers, call them defensive end or outside linebacker, whatever you want to call them, and you have two interior defensive linemen. For the most part, that's how defenses look like in the NFL. There are exceptions, I know. There are exceptions, but I do think that's basically where we are at. Because you're playing nickelback. You're, you're playing nickel anyways. You're playing with five defensive backs anyways. Most of the time, again. That's why they say nickel is a new base and all of that. Let's see here. Mo, I really don't like this toxic Tom. I, don't re I really don't like... And with this, I'll close it out. I really don't like how the rules are quite literally designed to give the offense an advantage now. Harder to be a dominant defense in today's NFL. I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Yeah. And I also kind of don't. Here's the thing. If you pick up a book that was originally published in 1974, I think, which is the Thinking Man's Guide, to pro football by Paul Zimmerman. You know what you will find in that book written in the 70s? You will find basically complaints about the legalization of offensive linemen using their arms. Because before they were not able to use their arms. They had to block without extending their arms. Now that's unthinkable for us, man. That's That's... That's unthinkable for us because now blocking is an art and we look at arm use and hand use and leverage and all of that. Before it was just slammed into somebody else and doesn't matter if your nose get, gets broken every time. Doesn't matter if we don't even have bars in the helmet like in the, in the olden days. And back then they complained and they said they ruined blocking. Blocking is not an art anymore. 
And I also think, why don't we like the USFL and the XFL as much as we like the NFL? And the truth is, offensive line play and QB play. And in a more indirect way, I think that if NFL scoring averaged, I don't know, like 20 points per game, we wouldn't watch as much. Maybe you and I would, because we're sickos. People wouldn't watch as much. Like if it became a 10-year thing in which the scoring average was at 20 or 30, we wouldn't watch. The NBA had the same rule changes. I get all of the complaints that defensive guys have about the way that rules have changed in the history of sports. But you see it everywhere because people like offense. People like action. People like points. So although I can sit here and say, yeah, it's unfair that rules have changed that way, I also think deep down we understand why. And deep down we know that we wouldn't be here, the sports wouldn't be here if it wasn't because of that. And now every now and then there are some exceptions. There's a 2000 Ravens, as Charlie Evans say, says. Uh, there are some, there's a 2013 Seahawks. And we love watching those teams. We just love. We just love it. Because they're the exception. But if 32 teams play that way, we wouldn't like it. <laughs> we, we just wouldn't like it. Right? The 85 Bears too. 85 Bears. Sometimes I just watch YouTube videos of the 85 Bears when I'm sad. <laughs> okay. We, we got very, very, very history-heavy show tonight here on Primetime. But I will close it out now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the show. I needed it. Man, it's been a long, long 24 hours, 48 hours. Uh, I, I definitely needed to sit down here and talk some Cowboys football with you. Hope that you enjoyed it as well. No one cool thing this week because it's supposed to happen on Tuesdays. But I will say this. Next Tuesday, I'm going to beat all of your one cool things. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it. So start thinking about yours if you want to make a run at the best one cool thing of the week next Tuesday night. But I think I have you beat. I think I do. We'll see each other then. Uh, but we'll also see each other tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Also, make sure you check out the writer of the week over at Freeman Mazda, who make this show possible in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all for tonight. Thanks so much. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye bye y gracias.